Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast that answers all your missions-related questions. With me in the studio today are Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome, guys. Hi, Joy. Hello, Joy. Okay, so today's question is, can you tell our listeners what sets Empower Ministries apart? What are our distinctives? Okay, well, Carrie, you're going to have to help me with this. (laughs) I'll try. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, First of all, I'm starting to use this little phrase when I'm talking to people, trying to explain. Um, Basically this, we do missions at Empower differently. And what it means is it's not, no one's right or wrong with this. It's not a comparative or anything like that. But we're a little different in the things that we emphasize while we're doing missions around the world. So we picked out five today to talk about. There's probably more than that. But these five sort of are a little different way that we have been led by the Lord to create and operate in power. Um, First of all is this. Um, We do not charge for Bibles. And we know that other organizations sell them around the world, and we're we're quite aware of that, and that's fine. Um, they're going to do what they're going to do, and that's good. But what the the rationale behind this is that there are many people around the world who cannot afford a Bible, and they are looking for the answers to eternal life, but many times they're beyond their reach. Second of all, under this whole thing of charging, um, materialism, capitalism, whatever other ism of greed can come in. So much so that businesses arise around this that takes the, um, in many cultures and societies, takes the importance away from the message itself and puts it around the business of distributing and selling the Bibles. So therefore, it, it, it doesn't have the flavor of this is the gift of eternal life, and we are so convinced of its value eternally for you and your family because you're, it's heaven or hell in right. the future. And therefore, we want to present this gift to you, a gift of a word of God. We've paid for it, and now we're giving it to you free of charge because it's that important. We don't want there to be any roadblocks between you and this book. This is the manual for eternal life, how how to discover it. And when people receive that around the world in so many cultures, not I'm not going to say everywhere, but I'm going to say 95%. Um, in these cultures, they receive it with gratitude, thinking, wow, this this is really important, especially in Asian and Eastern cultures. Um, if I was to present you with something, you would take two hands and you would receive it, and that would be sort of a bond of friendship. Mm-hmm. I remember with my our friend John in Vietnam. One day he gave me something. I didn't recognize it at the time. Um, it was a bracelet. And it was a it was sort of like a tribal bracelet. There was no voodoo or anything on it. It's not like that. But it was just just this bracelet. And he had it made. And he had one and I had one and he gave it to me. And it was a big deal. And there was none other. That formed that showed our bond that we were brothers. Hmm. 
And it was really important to him. After I didn't realize at the time my Westernism got in the way. Afterwards, I thanked him for that because I recognized he was trying to establish a close relationship through gift giving. And gift giving is very big in those sort of Eastern cultures. That's why we do Bibles as a gift to form a relationship. And secondly, hoping that they will see this as getting into a relationship with God. All right. I like when you said we don't want any roadblocks. The idea that an Ethiopian Bible, a few dollars, could be a roadblock for somebody for eternity. Um, And yet, so uh, that's so important. I I don't want to be apologizing in heaven. Yeah. Really, sort of like, well, we could have given it to you, but it was $3.50. Sorry about that. And they're lost. Yeah. Mm. Everything, everything that we can do, every single thing that we can do to provide them with an opportunity to accept Jesus, it's incumbent upon us to go that extra mile or do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. They will not respect it more if they pay for it. That is totally a Western approach, sort of like, well, it's good for them to buy it because now now they'll cherish it more. Uh, No, that's so Western. That, that That is really something that is based around our style, and it's not their style most of the time. Mm-hmm. They're into people and relationships. Okay, number two. How are we doing, Joy? We're okay. doing good. This is okay. fascinating stuff, okay. guys. <laughs> okay. Um, number two, we don't advertise. There's not one dollar in our budget in Empower Ministries for advertising. Um, we do not... Um, <laughs> we do not use professional fundraising techniques, pressure... Um, 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 techniques that would uh, try to put guilt on people to give or anything such as that. Um, we're not holy salesmen, <laughs> all right? I think this one would surprise a lot of our listeners that we don't advertise, that we don't pay for advertising because no. most ministries do. Well, that's up to them. We're, we're, we are counting on God providing when we just lay before people, this is what we're doing. If you can help us, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're flush with money. But you don't have to if, – if people are born again, if they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit of God does speak to us and to them, we're not going to have to put pressure on to try to convince them. The Spirit of God will whisper in their ear what they're supposed to do. So, therefore, we, we just operate on the idea of this. And care, you're handing them the money all the time, so you, this is probably better for you. But what comes in, that goes out. In other words, how much do we want to come in? As much as possible. Do we put pressure on to try to squeeze out of people a little bit more? No, no, no. Um, that's God's job to do any squeezing that's involved. And that would be more of a prompting of the Holy Spirit and the way God does it. Not it's not up to us to do those things. I remember once you said we are not here to pry five dollars out of somebody's wallet. <laughs> back pocket, no. no. <laughs> uh, wrestle them to the ground yeah. and uh, trying to get those five bucks out of no. the back. No, that's that is obnoxious to me as being a Christian, and therefore that those sort of practices really degrade uh, the whole missions and the whole church effort. Uh, when you have to go to those links to do it. When you, oh, oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead. When go ahead. you said um, our money coming in and going out, I remember uh, when we first got started, yeah. uh, one of the uh, church leaders in India told us to 
one of the key things is to look at our ministry as a checking account, not a savings account. It, it's coming in and you remember that? that? I remember it's that. It's coming in and going out, not storing it away for yeah. a rainy day, but yeah. Yeah. it's coming in and going out, yeah. which is what a checking account is. Yeah, exactly. And which you guys have done since yeah. the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I, boy, that goes back 20 yeah, it's Almost 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, the prayer initiative. We've we've incorporated prayer into the ministry in a different way. Um, churches pray, individuals pray, prayer groups happen. You've got every sort of prayer thing going. Um, but what we decided to do is this. We, we've got opportunities around the world with groups that gather together for prayer regularly. On Friday night in China, there literally are tens of millions of people dedicating themselves to prayer in big groups, little groups, mostly little groups now because of the restrictions upon them. But they're, they're online praying. Like there's millions praying. We're tied together tightly with the house church movements of China, the major ones, probably about 30 of them right now. And therefore, we know those folks. Secondly, Vietnam. Um, you send out a prayer request to Vietnam, all of a sudden the, the text messages go crazy and they're being passed around everywhere, um, sort of like um, uh, Ron and the Power Need Help. And there's for this is this prayer request. Third thing is in Delhi, India, the one group that we work with there, church planting operation, it's big, like real big. Um, they are dynamic and they're dynamite. Um, they are growing at phenomenal rates. They are close to the heart of God. Their doctrine is sound. Their handling of money is superb. I can give you all the adjectives and adverbs that you want. This is a good group. And not only that, but next to their head office in this little house in Delhi, India, what they've done over the years is that they've taken widows who have lost their husbands, etc. Most of them, their children have grown up. And so they're on their own. And they brought them to Delhi, and they employ them to pray. Mm-hmm. And they're in the prayer room of the house. They're getting phone calls. They're just some of the widows that are at the phones taking calls from all over India, from around the world. Um, they're opening letters with prayer requests in them. This just every form feeding into this. Well, uh, years ago, care uh, it must be 20 years ago at least, um, we started to hear about this sort of thing and started to say, we've got to tap into this. And as communications improved with WhatsApp and um, messaging services, instantly we can send to the other side of the world prayer requests, and we've done this now for years, mm-hmm. um, sending prayer requests to people, miracles happening, etc. And... Uh, We've now adopted the Delhi operation, so we're supporting the widows there. That's exciting. And they're, and they're doubling the number of widows. Uh, we've got a wall at, at this house mm-hmm. that's in Powers Wall, and they put the prayer requests up there, and they pray for wow. 90 days, and then you can renew the subscription. <laughs> um, you can renew it after, but the ladies will pray for each one wow. of those things for 90 days. And therefore, I thought, this is good. Okay, now, why is this important? Because this is not missions as such. Yes, it is. There's a bond between what's going on internationally and the work that's going on in the field where the the harvest is coming in. And those people over here who are supplying the spiritual gasoline in monetary form to help them to 
preach the gospel and win people to Christ. Therefore, there's this across the ocean sort of tie together. Well, they want to, in these areas, they want these prayer requests because they want to say thank you. And they want to be a blessing to those people who are providing them with food, a motorcycle, Bibles, um, all the stuff that we do. And they want to say thank you. So they say, please, send us your prayer requests and we will pray hard. Mm -hmm. In other words, this is their way of sowing into our lives like we sow into their lives. Therefore, this is missions. It's almost like we're holding hands across the ocean. Exactly. Oh, Karis, that's so <laughs> poetic. I love it. <laughs> I've never thought of that as a guy. Um, but at the same time, from a, from a girl's point of view, that's yes. a good idea. <laughs> holding hands is important. Well, Nancy likes that when we hold yeah, hands. There, you go. there it is. Okay. So, yeah, that's exactly it. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, we're doing that. Four. I've got to hurry here. Um, no, you're good. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we're evangelistic. And we're proud of it. What that means is that we are not ashamed of the gospel. We really, really believe that people are going to hell without Jesus Christ. And therefore, the race is on, um, all hands on deck, everything is focused in that direction. And therefore, we are evangelistic in that message. Also, we even focus a little tighter in that we believe that evangelism must be tied to church planting so that the new Christians can have a body, a group of people to grow with. Um, to have one-offs, as we call them, whereby a person accepts the Lord, then they're set adrift in the world with no teaching, no body around them, no brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together and huddling together. Um, that's important. So we do evangelism with church planting, and that is a priority with us, okay? That's a distinctive. Because many, many operations today around the world, um, um, they're not that. Um, they've morphed into um, more humanitarian um, many times after many generations, they are not as proud of the gospel as their founders were or their creator of the ministry. So they've drifting. It talks about that in Hebrews. Um, one of the first steps of backsliding talks about in Hebrews is drifting past the opening of a portal or the, the, um, the harbor. And that drifting is what organizations do sometimes. Well, we are convinced that this is one that's right at the top of the list. We're evangelistic and we're proud of it. Last one. We're incorporating teaching on the end times because we do believe that Jesus is coming back soon. That is one of the rock bedrocks of Empower. We're incorporating teaching on end times with missions because I don't know how you can separate them. Um, <laughs> in the end times, it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Okay. End times. Let's investigate what end times means. That's when Jesus is returning. We're seeing an outpouring upon all flesh. Um, we're, we're seeing the coming together in so many ways of prophetic verses in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And the same time, this was predicted as part of the message of the gospel. And uh, this is part of it as well. We've got no time to waste if we are approaching the end and Jesus is returning, then we better get on our horse and get busy here 
because there are 8 billion people in the world. Many of those don't know Jesus. So I don't know how you can separate out looking at the, the signs of the times, knowing that Jesus is coming, and not recapture a burden for the lost. And that's what it is, a burden. Missions, end-time teaching should produce an urgency and a burden for lost people. And you have to sew those two things together on, the, on this garment. Uh, we talk about urgency all the time. And it's, it's something that y- you have to have not just an intellectual belief in. You have to have it burning in your soul. And that's why all the writers and the authors, shall we say, of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, carried with them this burden of sort of like calling Israel back to God. Um, Paul, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. In other words, it just was ripping him apart, the fact that Israel had wandered. They didn't recognize the Messiah. And, you know, all of these sorts of emotional moments in the Bible were centered around lostness. And that is why we emphasize it at Empower. And those are the five for today. Enjoy. Did you know that on our website, rompierce.org, we have podcasts, teachings, devotionals, situation reports, and so much more. For more information, please visit rompierce.org.